Welcome to the Diary of a Change Manager, the podcast that makes change management easy. So good morning and welcome to the Diary of a Change Manager. I'm Sam, your host, and today I'm talking to Janet. Thank you, Sam. Are you going to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, so I'm Jack, and we first met quite a while ago now. Six years? Six years. I want to say 2017, possibly. Yeah, and we met in a government basement. (laughs) They had a sound strange. It was raining. Much like today. Yeah, very much so. And you were so smart when you walked in with your very, very lovely long umbrella. I love a long umbrella. Yeah. It's very impressive. That and it welcome. Yeah, it's quite gentle and like I think. It's yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think it's probably my grand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we met quite a while ago now, and um, we've done lots together, haven't we? We have, we have indeed. So today we're here to talk all about stakeholder management and champions network. So my first question to you, Jack, is what makes what makes you so passionate about people? and the impact that they have on the success of a change program. So I think the the thing for me, Sam, is uh, when it comes to stakeholders in a change program or project, we know it's people that make that change happen and to continue the longevity of whatever the change is. It uh, doesn't matter what the tech looks like or the, the, the change in, um, it could be the way you make a tea that they're asked to do or you know implementing some form of technology. If people are not bought into it and they don't come with you, you know, that change is going to struggle to happen. It certainly won't carry on. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that stakeholder management part of, a, you know, our change manager role, uh, for me, is just so important. It, you, people are at the end of a change and we know it's painful. You do. Uh, yeah. You can't dress that up anyway. Um, so we need to be aware of that. Uh, and for me, that's why I'm so passionate about you know, stakeholder management and and the groups that are affected by change. Yeah. So, so how do you figure out who's important? It's it's difficult. It's difficult. You know, that it's 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 a real challenge to sometimes unearth. You know, the different stakeholder groups. So, uh, if I think back to uh, my time in the NHS, mm. uh, there are so many different stakeholders that that would have been affected by a, a particular change that we were working on. Uh, and this goes, you know, right from CEO through to the janitors. Um, and we needed to establish quite quickly, you know, where where that level of impact was going to hit them with the change mm. uh, and, and, and make a plan around that. Uh, so it's really about getting in, in the offices and spaces and understanding sort of an organisation's landscape yeah. um, and, and matching that with the project's ambitions. So I seem to remember, Jack, that you've got a particular set of stakeholders that they're your number one go-to. So can you remind me who that is? So for me, yeah. um, the the go-tos are the, the people managers. It's, yeah. it's the middle level of management. Uh, so there's often quite a lot of focus, and we do this initially, I feel, uh, within change management and projects and programs, is we go straight for the senior stakeholders, don't we? You yeah. know, the sponsors, they're going to be almost the leaders of that change and they are really really important and we'll probably talk a bit more about those in a second and then you've got sort of the the people on the ground the workers who are really going to be affected by the change um you know that's their their living their day-to-day 
yeah. uh, you know, activities that are going to change. So for me, I like to try and be involved with those people managers, you know, the people that are looking after, involved with the people that are really going to be affected by the change. So that, that's what I look to kind of go after yeah. to a certain extent. It may be the wrong choice of words, but it's it's unearthing those people managers. Yeah. And I, is there something about the fact that they give their their teams permission to spend the time to yeah. find out? They give them permission to learn. So can you yeah. open up a bit more on that? Of course, yeah. So I've, I've found that if, if you miss that level, if you miss out the people management and they're not involved in with us as change managers in a project or a program, we find that, you know, reaching and getting messages to the people that are affected is really difficult. Um, we can also find that that level of management, because, you know, they're getting pressure from below, pressure from above. Yeah. So it's really about supporting them. And they can be, um, they can become sort of uh, the underground behavior where they'll, they'll say yes to you, but they're not really invested and they're not going to give us the the um the route to the actual people that are going to be affected by change uh so it's it's really about trying to bring them on board yeah uh, and establish where their pain points are mm. and they've got a lot and you need to listen to them we need to listen yeah so how do you do that <laughs> um, for me uh when i've done this especially in the nhs i found that kind of just just having conversations it can sometimes be you know an organized formal conversation but sometimes you know meeting them in you know the the coffee corner uh, uh water coolers whatever it is it's having those early consistent dialogues building a relationship which i think is such a big part of our job yeah uh, as change managers you know we need to be able to build relationships with the right people you need to move the you know it for all of us with change you're in a state of fear when change comes around um, and we need to move them from that state of fear to a state of trust and they have to trust in us as change managers we need to understand their pain sometimes we might need to do some favors for them you know they might not might not be very heard so we might be able to take what they're saying to us back to senior level leadership and and kind of unblock some barriers for them and then they'll open up to us and say okay i'll let you into our team meetings jack um, or I'll, I'll I'll let you um, you know send a particular comms to a particular niche group. They really hold all the keys for me uh, to get into the people that are going to be affected by change. Yeah, no, I think absolutely you're right there, Jack. So talk a bit about the senior leadership then. So so what role do they play? So a lot of the time, the senior leadership we we kind of tag them straight away with this sponsor. Um, uh, you know, you're the ones that are going to talk about the change. Yeah. You're going to say how great it is. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really key to get their buy-in, obviously, and you'd hope that they are. The thing that sometimes falls a little bit short, and, and you know, there's lots of pressures on everybody at work, is is kind of talking the talk, walking the walk as well. Yeah. Um, it's very. We really want to help those senior leaders um, uh, with than the change so say we're implementing a technology we would you know sometimes give them a bit of a white glove service to make sure that they've got all the tools and training and everything they need to to adopt that change that's coming on um and then i would try and get as much time with them as possible which is going to be difficult of course yeah. um yeah. and look to do a bit of coaching and and see how uh 
Let's see if we can help them with communicating the change and really showing, because, you know, words are great, but actions are even even stronger. Um, so getting them to show that they're embracing the change that's coming and, and what they're doing, what their change journey looks like can be really powerful as well. Yeah, so it's about influencing them, isn't it, to be advocates and to really be championing this change for us. Yeah, influencing uh, yeah. Is, is kind of like a unwritten part of our job description, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, influencing all of our stakeholders uh, or, or communities and groups um, it's really important when it comes to change management. It's like a bit of a dark art, um, but sometimes just talking a bit of empathy goes a long way. Being understanding of all of the different roles that uh, and being cognizant of how that change and this change process affects them. You know, all these extra meetings that are coming up, the comms that are landing in inboxes or in their teams or you know networking uh, channels. So it's it's really sort of having a bit of empathy and doing change with them rather than to them, which yeah. is so often the way I've had that uh, previously, which, you know, made me want to become a change manager. So, so come on, tell us about that experience. Come on. Um, so I was I was working in the NHS as a data quality officer, right. um, looking after the medical records. And they, uh, the NHS, where I was working, the trust were implementing a new system. Hmm. And it was just done to us. There was no real build-up couldn't think of anybody in particular that if I had a problem that I'd go and talk to it was literally um here's your training here's your manual from Monday all the best <laughs> hat on the wow. back and off you go <laughs> you know yeah. yeah and then that's that's really daunting it's scary but you know at times you've got to be able to do your job still um and I just thought at the time that there are better ways of doing this yeah uh, so I got involved quite quickly in IT training and then change management and started to understand a bit more about change management and the psychology of change. Um, that that really sort of uh, is important to me. Yeah. So let's circle back round to what you said about in that situation that you couldn't find anyone that could help you on Monday morning. So I, I think that brings us, doesn't it, really nicely actually back to that other really important group of people when we're talking about stakeholders and champions. Yeah. How, how, where do we find those people? How do we find them, Jack? And how do we get them on board with our programs? Yeah. So, champions, they're, you know, champions programs for me uh, are, ju are just so important. And this is really investing in the people that are going to be going through the change. It's not bringing in people from the outside, it's, it's the people on the ground that are advocates of what's going on. So, they're, and and those that hold a bit of influence at times, you know, within their peer groups, mm. um, it's getting them on board and yeah. saying, you know, do you want to be part of this with us? Yeah. You know, you can really be a, a strong player in helping you and your colleagues mm. move to a new state or a, a go through this change. Um, so how do we spot them? How do we spot how them? How do we spot them? I'll tell you how I've spotted them before. Yeah. They're often the ones that are telling me, no, this is not good. Because um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're the strongest voices. Yeah. And it, you know, it's human nature. If someone says, that, Sam, you can't do that anymore. You're going to do something different. Yeah. No way, Jack. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Um, uh, and those that speak up are quite often the really uh, strong, um, powerful um personalities that hold a lot of gravitas amongst their peers and they'll be looked to 
Um, so you quite often find it's not always the case, but I've found it in in government and in the NHS where I've worked previously that some of our naysayers that voice their opinions straight away often just need to be listened to, mm. given the information that they need, and they turn around really quickly to be your strongest advocates and champions. Yeah, and they are already influencers of their peers, and they bring people with them. Yeah, so I find that quite quickly you can establish those that are going to be really good to have on on your team as sort of yeah. in that champion informal or formal network yeah and there's there's something else isn't there about the the, the person you always already go to for that yeah. support yeah so I, we've got a couple in our business haven't we you know we always go to the same people when yeah. you want to learn about something new because yeah. they're just the ones that know it they're the ones that are really interested already yeah so how do you spot those ones again i think it's 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 having talking to that middle management yeah so we've spoke about them before the leaders of people um and if if we strike up that relationship with with that group of people that the people leaders they'll quite often say that you know sam's kind of our go-to it person yeah. or sam always fixes the printer when it gets jammed um or you know just well that wouldn't be me <laughs> 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 but you know, you, you, you there, there are, are those people yeah. that are just you go to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I've found that we've got that a lot of time from from uh, the middle management. And um, when we've done this previously, when we were we did some work in the government, we we kind of had an an all doors open, but kind of set some criteria for people as well to say, you know, is this a good match for you? Sign up. And and sometimes you have to give something back. Could be cake. That's a good influence. Everyone loves yeah. a bit of cake, Jack. Um, so yeah, so that that is often how I find uh, mm. those champions. Whether you know you can do a formal come and join us, and and people offer their own autonomy, and will will want to come and join and be part of something to help with this change that's coming. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just unearthing those those people that are the go tos. Yeah. I remember that particular project, Jack, when we first met. Um, and I, I seem to remember that you came on board to manage those stakeholder yep. groups. And we were so successful on that program because um, I think, it, wasn't it the PermSec that came and did a... a was it a rewards? It was a yeah. ceremony at the end yeah. of the program. Yeah. And yeah. many of those people had never met the PermSec before. And they were absolutely blown away with that, weren't they? It's really powerful. I think that recognition and reward for, for those networks that are helping in, you know, big change that are going on. You know, you think how busy we all are. Uh, you've just signed up to be a champion. You know, we would offer, you know, lots of different benefits to being a champion. But the, the biggest thing that they're going to get is they're going to be, you know, at the forefront of this change. They're going to be armed with all of the the information, get sneak peeks of things that are coming, be the first to know, and they'll be able to support their peers. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot for people to do. So yeah. giving some reward and recognition from somebody of that stack chart, I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's only going to help uh, with with encouraging them to do more of the same thing, to be that champion uh, and, and to be part of, you know, whatever the new thing is coming along. Uh, but reward and recognition is huge when it comes to uh, these these networks because it is it, everything's additional, right? We're all yeah. consumed yeah. by our day to day, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know now that we sort of tend to go to those management and to the sort of senior leaders and say, you know, if we want to make this champions program work, we've got, got to let them carve out some time. Yeah. 
And how, how are you finding that now? Uh, uh, you know, are senior leaders more open to having that kind of conversation? I think they are. I think they are. I think we're always going to get a bit of pushback because there, yeah. the, the, there's there's a certain level of investment with any change. Yeah. Um, but I think where we've worked, we've we've kind of explained to the, the the sponsors and that senior leadership how important these networks are and what benefits they can give you by having you know people from your own business and and company to be able to champion the change. Nobody knows who Jack is. Uh, you know, they'll listen to me, but yeah. they won't take it with the same importance as they would do their peer. Yeah. Um, so when we, we've been able to show that benefit and to talk, you know, those those senior leaders through the, the benefits of having champions, we do find that they're more open to that. They carve out the time for them. They give people the recognition and yeah. reward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's even built into some of, uh, some of uh, you know, corporate objectives and and helps them with with their progression in their career, whether it's you know civil service or NHS or or wherever they're working. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so that that's really powerful to do. Yeah. No, I think so. So thinking about all of your experiences, Jack, over the last few years, can you give us any really great examples of where where this hasn't gone so well and how we've had to circle back and you go and restart influencing people again yeah. because something's gone wrong. You've got any any ideas there? I, there's one that sticks in my mind. Mm. Um, it takes me back to the NHS again. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we're implementing a new healthcare record system. So our our clinical staff had to enter, you know, just taking observations, blood pressure, yeah. temperature, etc. It would have mm. to go into an electronic system. Yeah. So this is quite a few years ago now. Uh, and as we were going through the change program, the ward management who you know are in charge of rotoring and and uh, and giving direction to those staff nurses auxiliary nurses senior sisters and that stakeholder group just wasn't invested in and we found that quite quickly as we were supporting over a go live there wasn't much live happening oh yeah uh, you know pieces of paper were still Going round, you know, there was a lot of floor walking support. There were the, you know, every all of the tick box exercises um, from the project and program. I would say were were done, but we, the that level of management just really wasn't given enough opportunity to hear their their concerns and problems. So we noticed quite quickly the level of adoption wasn't great. Yeah. Um. So uh, we we had to kind of go back over that try and re-engage with and you can imagine this change has already happened yeah so they're all already disengaged already standoffish you know they don't want to talk to jack they don't want to talk to anyone else from the project yeah um the really high level sponsor messaging is good but it's just another thing that's coming down onto this level of management mm. uh, so we had to try and carve out time go back listen to concerns address them there was additional training that we had to do and when we think of that in a project scenario that's time cost mm. and the biggest thing for me was the people this these people were just not given enough time yeah. it, we know yeah that people are the most important thing yeah. when it comes to change and if you don't do it properly right from the very beginning you know my experience especially there is is we fall really short and we foul people. 
Yeah. Which which is which is it doesn't leave a good a good taste in anybody's mouth and you know the project will really struggle. Yeah. And ultimately in that context they were the front line weren't they? They they were the people that are actually you know they they're the ones that are having to put that information yeah. into that system. So yeah. And and that a pressurized area as well. Yeah. This is so important to many of us. Um so doing it right first time having that people first approach is just absolutely key and yeah. it, you know it comes right back to you know the, the start of the conversation where we were talking about identifying those stakeholder groups you know yeah. at the top brilliant for that core level messaging yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, the people on the ground doing the job that are going to be affected they're going to get the highs the lows the stress the benefit the joy as well but we really need to make sure we tap into you know the people managers and mm. and understand what that looks like uh, and, and take them on that journey with us because if you don't uh, it devastating results that, I, that, that that are there for everyone to see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to be too negative yeah no let's it's, be negative it's been really good yeah <laughs> so, so 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 Jack I'm thinking now about um, what makes a great uh, not a good a great people change manager you know what are the qualities yeah um, that we should be looking for in in our great people change managers. So great people change. So I think it, you, part of it's in your question. It, it's people. So yeah, people and people. Uh, for me, it's empathy. Having a real understanding that um, change is difficult. It's hard. Yeah, you know there there are going to be lows. There are going to be highs. Um, and for me, for me to be the best version of myself as a change manager, it's just having that empathy. Uh, being able to talk to, you know, CEO, director, chairman, yeah. chairman, whoever it is, and then also being able to um, talk to the people on the front line, you know, the boots on the ground, those that are doing the work. Yeah. We need to be able to make sure that we can communicate effectively to all of them and be engaged with them, you know. Uh, I think that's really important. So empathy, people-first approach to everything, um, and really listen. Uh, which is a skill. I talk a lot, uh, but I, I have to learn to, you know, we have to learn to listen and really yeah. take on board what, yeah. what they're saying to us. But sometimes I won't say it verbally. You you know, you can feel yeah. that they're disengaged, stressed, yeah. they're yeah. worried, yeah. you know, and um, there, there's a lot about our jobs um, and responsibilities as a change manager. I often say we've got two ears and one mouth. Yeah, so. that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very important. Um is there anything else that makes a great change manager? Uh, being adaptable. Yeah. Being adaptable. You know, we, we, we've all read the manuals, gone through training as change managers. But I think, you know, you can quite quickly establish if you need to do a little bit more in some areas. And and, and being adaptable and being able to change your tactics, you know, yeah. uh, because not everybody's the same. And again, yeah. this is why I feel um, so strongly about people's side of change. Uh, understanding, you know, if you put people in a stressful situation, you know, there's there's two responses, yeah. you know, fight or flight, yeah, you know, and we need to be really conscious of that um, and, and give people what they need. Sometimes it is cakes and or sometimes whatever it yeah, is, biscuits, tea and biscuits work yeah. really well. Yeah, um, yeah, ju- just to break that, you know, I'm the change manager coming in and yeah. let's talk about this new thing that's coming. You know, let, let's try and get a relationship yeah. first. So it's about being human, isn't it? And just having that chat with people yeah. rather than making it really formal. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, which, 
we do we do because we work in this sort of uh, quite a structured program project delivery of of change sometimes mm. uh, and you, you're spot on it's, you know having that different yeah. way of just coming around to it I think it's really important yeah so Jack I remember that program uh, that we've originally worked on together yeah. it was for a big government department and yeah. there was quite a lot of concern very early on about one specific community within that organization so can you expand on on what you did about that and how we engage with that community yeah of course so we were made um aware quite early that um there are a few communities but the one in particular that you reference um for uh, adaptive technology or assisted technology for you know people that needed a little bit more technical uh, support mm. um and what do we mean by that so those that had, uh, as an example, like a visual impairment right. and they would need additional uh, software um, or hardware to, to support them. Mm. Um, so what we did is we employed a change measure specifically for that community. Yeah. Um, and it was no easy task because we didn't know how many people were in this community. We didn't know where they were. Yeah. Uh, so it was a real task to to make sure that we were inclusive of that community yeah we gave them an opportunity to talk to us uh and we we were able to support them in the ways that they needed we'd learned previously i think didn't we that you know this uh, particular community were kind of often either ignored or yeah or or, or not spoken to at relevant stages um so you know it, it it felt so important to us to make sure we gave that real priority yeah um, yeah yeah I, th I think we'd been made aware hadn't we that in previous change programs this community had been left to the end yep um you know their needs had not been taken into consideration yeah. and as a result particularly in this particular government department there was quite a large community and it had a very negative impact on on previous programs so yeah that was why we prioritized it wasn't it and you think how important that was in the in the larger scheme yeah of ensuring that we we were able to su to support that community mm -hmm. uh, especially being being sort of forewarned yeah uh, that this was was a real uh, impact and uh, had a bad history before um so i know that our change manager had to overcome a lot of uh sort of maybe negativity skepticism yeah. quite possibly to begin yeah. with because this has not been done before we're always last on the list yeah but now they've got you know that dedicated change manager in that space to help them yeah uh yeah, yeah it was really important i remember the relationship that she built with that community it was absolutely wonderful and actually here we are several years later and uh she's still there still there yeah, yeah. I, that says everything. yeah it certainly and, does yeah really, really fundamental yeah for uh core delivery really for, yeah. for that group yeah it's very heartwarming actually yeah yeah totally well like it, jack, jack it's been absolutely great speaking to you today thank you so much so, for coming on the, no sorry, the thank you manager. for having me <laughs> very welcome thanks sam thanks jack thanks for joining us on this episode you can catch our other expert talks and useful change resources by visiting at the informteam.com slash podcast until next time <laughs>